Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. This podcast explores all things as they relate to dating and romantic relationships. Why we sometimes ignore or choose to ignore or miss the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, lying, narcissistic behavior, deception, mental illness, addiction, and so much more. Join me each week as we continue my journey into the modern dating world with my weekend rants, anonymous guest dating stories, and experts who share their wisdom so I can help you navigate the dating terrain. If you are new to the show or have been with me from the beginning, hold on tight for the Anonymous Andrew Experience. Greetings, Anonymous Andrew with you once again. So today, we're going to talk about the love languages. There are five love languages. And I have a gentleman named Paul Zulman who joined me. And we're going to discuss the love languages. Do you know what your love language is? Okay, without further ado, let's get into the show. Greetings, everybody. Anonymous Andrew back with you with another episode. Welcome back to season two. And in our uh, keeping on topic of dating, I came across a gentleman by the name of Paul Zolman. And I'd like to welcome Paul to my podcast. Hello, Paul. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for letting me be on your podcast. Looking my forward. pleasure. My pleasure. And what caught my eye with Paul is that he is a love language linguist. And Paul, what, why don't you describe what that, I, I, I'm sure many people are familiar with the love languages, but tell us what it is that you do. And, and I guess tell us about the product that I know about, but the audience doesn't. Sure. Andrew, the, the love language linguist is someone that actually knows the love languages to give it away but also can see it when it comes their way. So as I've studied the love languages in, in all the study that I've done, I've found that it's really directional, that we can only we only have power, we only have control over giving love away and our reaction when, when it comes our way. But this device that I've created, it's a, uh, it actually came with a story I was dating about 15 years ago. I was single and, and um, dating. And it was time to take this person to visit Big Brother for Big Brother approval. So we went to my Big Brother's house. First thing that happened is my sister-in-law pulled this woman aside and said, the only emotion that the Zolman family learned growing up was anger. At first I denied it. I said, uh-uh, then it made me mad. Huh. <laughs> She's, she nailed it. So I thought from that point that if it was a perfect opportunity for me to change that perception of the Zolman name, change that perception of the Zolman family, even if it was only with my family, maybe my siblings have already done that. And I hope I, I believe that most of them have. But it wasn't, this was a paradigm shift for me. What was I going to do to, to make that change? So I started reading the color code 
and then the five love languages. And I like the the principles of the five love languages. I liked how how actually it was Dr. Chapman who wrote it and and published it in 1992, wrote it uh, uh, with the idea that these love languages actually reconcile to the life of Jesus Christ, and and that He did these things. Yeah, th this is what it looks like here. And for your listeners, I'm showing a, a, a icon, a picture that I created put, and put on a die that has two hands touching each other. So that represents touch. Now I'm showing a, a picture of a gift on there. So that represents gifts. I've got a hand holding an hourglass that represents time. I've got a server that's holding a plate, just a plate for a plate of food serving that's for service and then i've got the hands put together making a heart with a conversation fly out those are the words those are the five love languages again time touch gifts service and words okay five let, let, let's go let's I, I wanted to let's cover that first because i i, I don't know if the audience knows the, the so there's five of them correct correct all right, so number one is you could put gifts as number one. Okay, number two. Service. Number three. Touch. Number four. Time. And five. Words. So what Dr. Chapman discovered, Andrew, is in back in the early 90s that everybody's got a primary love language, something that they like more than one one or another of any of those other love, love languages. And that the, the whole premise of his book is that if we communicate that to one another, then we're gonna be we're gonna be better at helping meet those needs. And it works well for for many people. but for me where I came from, I came from a childhood of abuse. That did not work for me. It just, I could not get it. I mean, I learned what not to do first in my life. Those are the things not to do. I was on, kind of on the naughty side of the, the spectrum, so to speak. If naughty's on one side, nice is on the other side. I was on the naughty side of the spectrum. knowing, Learning how to be abusive, learning how to be angry, learning that whole culture. It's a kind of a cult by itself. It has humor that's that's angry. It has words that definitely are angry. The vocabulary is angry. Just though that whole thing is a culture all by itself. And by learning that, how would it, how would I know what love would be? And so from that, I, I reading the love languages really resonated with me because I wanted to do what Jesus did. I'm a Christian, and that's that's what I wanted to do. But for people that aren't aren't Christian, it still works very well. Just works very well. Dr. Chapman did a phenomenal job of identifying those five love languages. So what you do with this die that I created, and the sixth side of the die, by the way, is surprise me. By the way, let, let me explain to the audience what you're holding up. It looks like a large dice, right? It's a cube. One inch by one inch. One inch by one inch, and there's six sides, right? And on each side, there is a diagram uh, of um a love of one of the love languages and then there's this the six to explain the six side or am i jumping ahead yeah that's right so no you're fine those are, i call them icons or pictures 
Okay. Of representations of if each one of the Correct. Lines. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So, Go ahead. So just two instructions, Andrew. You roll the die every day. That's the love language you practice giving away all day that day. So what to happens? Whom? But to whom? Anybody. Okay. So it doesn't have to be a partner. It could if you're single, you can practice this. Absolutely. And let, okay. let me clarify that. Dr. Chapman suggested that you do it to your significant other. I didn't have a significant other. I was single yeah. when I created this. So the so absolutely this works for single. It worked for me. And let me tell you why it worked so well. From that childhood of, of abuse that I that I endured, I had a lot of residual anger. And what that looked like, Andrew, is I would I would be annoyed, then I'd be annoyed, and I'd be annoyed, I'd be annoyed, I'd be annoyed, and then I flash. So I'm stacking all this annoyances one on top of another, and then it's flash. And I wanted to get rid of it, but I said to myself, and what I remember the phrases is, I don't want to be angry. And it really was, it's not a manifestation phrase at all, because it's got all that negative in it. And I, and I, I came from a negative atmosphere, so I had to change the words. And, and instead of just changing the words, I thought, I'll do this die. And, and I'll roll the die. And what was magical for me is that when I'm focused on, on using the die, focused on that genre or that flavor of the day, so to speak, when I'm focused on giving that away, the, the mindset was, what's right about that person? What can I love about that person? And I did not have any time at all to think, what's wrong with that person? And go down that, that critical path again and start to be annoyed with that person. I figured out, Andrew, they're out of my lane. I have zero control over their choices, zero control over anything that they're doing that would bother me, none. I said, I got to stay in my lane. If I'm going to get this, I got to stay in my lane. So what I determined to do is I'm going to send out love every day without any expectation of it coming back, knowing that it will, trusting that it will having the faith, so to speak, that that's going to come back someday. But what I found out is that when I'm sending it out, occasionally I'll find somebody that that's their primary love language. That's what they like. How did I recognize that, Andrew? I recognized it by them lighting up. Their eyes come big. They become happy. It's just, it's almost like they just turned giddy. Yeah, And you could tell by their body language. Yeah, that they're... Absolutely. Yeah. So you're you're using those observation skills to find out what what really lights people up, and that's what you want to do. Okay, if you would indulge me, absolutely. I would like to go just quickly through the the languages. So you you just said to me, gift, service, touch, time, words. Let's just elaborate a little bit more on them, and then I would like to ask you when you roll the when you roll the cube. What, what do you call it? I, I call it a die. The die. Okay. When you roll the die, and it, and let's say that service comes up, I'd like to then you explain what that looks like in your typical day. But first, so the first love language is gifts. What does that mean? Is that the, let's say I have the love language of gifts? Does that mean I like to give gifts to my partner? Well, to your partner or to anyone. Or to so, anyone. Yeah, so this is to anyone, Andrew, and it's actually to everyone. 
What I found with Dr. Chapman's, um, uh, uh, his, his theory was that if I only gave it to a significant other, if I had a significant other, I didn't, but if I only gave it to a significant other, that's kind of a part-time job. I found that if I'm to, to go through a character change, which is really what I was looking for, get rid of that anger. And, and it, it ruins relationship. I was trying to get rid of that thing. And so if I'm going through a character change and I want love to replace that anger, I've got to be at it full time, all the time, and always have it on the mind. So it was to everybody. And while it's to everybody, it's at home, it's at work, it's at school, it's at play, it's everywhere. Everywhere I go, I'm watching for what's right about that person. What can I love about that person? What can I compliment about that person? So for example, for gifts, what I'm looking for is maybe it's maybe it's a gift of service. And a lot of these love languages are crossover love they languages. Overlap. They overlap, yeah. Absolutely. So you could give a gift of service, say, I'm going to wash your car today for you. Or you could give a gift of, I'm going to create a meal for you today. I'm going to take you out to a movie today. I'm going to do these type of things as a gift to you. And you could give a gift in that way, or you could go buy a gift if, if that's better or easier for you. But I think that the very best gifts don't cost anything. It's actually from the heart. It's genuine love. One time, um, I've got a couple that I tested this, the, the die with um, locally, and they the man rolled gifts that day, but he knew that his wife liked the words. So what he did was he wrote a note packaged it up, put it in in a, in a little gift wrap box, yeah. box and and re, and she received that note and she was she lit her up. She loved absolutely loved that creative creativity that he had to figure out what to do for gifts for his wife and 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 then obviously others for that day. Okay, so I'm gra- I'm grasping the concept. Let's go to so number 2 would be service. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Service, if, if, in, if whether it's a relationship or not, service would be helping, doing something for that other person. So right. like you said, it over, kind of overlaps with gifts, although gifts can be literally a gift or it could be a service of a gift. Number three, this is where I'm going to challenge you. On, not challenge you, but I'm going to, I'm a little confused. Touch. So okay. if my love language is touch, that means that I like, physical intimacy like i like to hold hands i like to cuddle i like to maybe stroke the woman's hair or whatever how do you apply that in a platonic sense so more a more platonic sense would be the high fives the fist bumps the pat on the ah, back ah very good okay a good job good job type of thing and you can do that you can shake hands you can uh, pull somebody in for for a hug when you're shaking their hand you can do that and just have it be on the platonic level. And most of this you'll find, Andrew, that I'm talking about today really is on the platonic level. And let me tell you why. Because once you get these basics down, the the intimacy is almost a natural progression or it's a natural next step that way. You it's like warming, warming them up, and then and then you just and then intimacy is just natural. It's absolutely natural. It just it won't. I mean, it's just going to be that way. So for the physical touch, and you're sending it out to everybody. It's on the platonic level. It's on a genuine kindness level. Say, 
good job, high five, and, and you're just helping them feel good about what they've just done or something like that. You're just trying to encourage them, trying to uplift them. And what what payment is, and it's, Andrew, I, I hate to say this, but it's not about you. And it's not about me. It's about them. When In this type of love, it's always about them. And it's not about what we want. And, and, and we obviously have needs. You have needs. I have needs. But our needs are met in, a, in other ways. That as we send the love out without any expectation of it coming back, it's like putting money in a piggy bank for a rainy day. It's going to come back. It is a boomerang. It just takes a little longer to come back. To contrast that, take anger, for example. You send out angry words or you get angry at someone, guess what? That is that is a quick boomerang. It's coming right back to you. And you've made you've not only made somebody miserable, but they're going to go make their friends miserable. They may, might make their family miserable, and you don't want to do that. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to do the very contrast of that. Send love out, help them make their day, make their day a happy day, and then within the influence of friends they've got, they're also making their friends' day happy because they're happy. That's the whole idea. Okay. I'm writing down a question that I'm going to ask you later because I have found that I think of questions and if I don't write them down, then I forget. Number four is time. So define the love language of time. So on that day, Andrew, you're just putting on the brakes a little bit, taking a little extra time. You're not going to use the word hurry up. You're not going to use the word let's go. You're not going to word use any of those words that would speed things up. But you're going to just take time with the people and just and and it's on their time frame. You're not you're not calling the shots on that day. And and some people might have difficulty with that because they're in a time crunch. But I think a lot of people will enjoy spending time with Andrew. They'll enjoy spending time with you because you'll make that time interesting. And it's it is a special valued time that you're spending with them. Some people will, will shut you out on that. Some people will respond uh, um, with, with very excidedness that, oh, um, Uncle Andrew or Grandpa Andrew is going to play yeah. with me or whatever it is. They are so happy so very happy for the that extra time that you'll spend with them that's what that looks like okay and lastly we have words okay so the words are just the compliments those are those are those are the it's almost a, a verbalization of what you see if you see a, a quality in someone that maybe they don't see and you compliment them on that and then you have explain a little bit about that compliment it, it's going to make them feel good. They're going to, they're, they're not, they can't wait till you come up with the next compliment. Well, Andrew, what else do you see in me? What else is good about me? And, and a lot of people are like that. We're kind of myopic, myoptic in that way that we can't really, it's, we're too close to the forest to see the trees. We can't see all the good that we have inside ourselves. So sometimes it takes someone like Andrew or like, a, like me to focus on that, explain it to them, verbalize it, and let them un understand, let that distill on them so that they start believing. And it's a positive re um, uh, reinforcement for them to feel good about themselves. Those are the words. Okay. Now I'm going to segue 
this into the dating world. And let me give you a little bit of a, a explanation why. I learned about these love languages while I was in a relationship many years ago. I I while while I was in relationships and I always sensed something was either going wrong or I didn't think it was going in the right direction, I would jump on a podcast, I would download an audio book, I would talk to my therapist, whatever, and I would say, I don't think I'm getting through to her, or I don't think that we're blah blah, whatever it is. And one day I remember getting the, the Love Languages book and I I don't remember which girlfriend it was, but we went over it and we identified and we sat there and, and we ex exchanged to, with each other what we thought each of our love languages are. And that was great, but we never practiced it. What I like about your concept is, especially in this, I'm single and anybody who's single, we're practicing these love languages on a daily basis before we're dating or or learning about them so for for example for myself and maybe I'll, I'll i'll get a cube from you or die a die and do this because I, I i think it's a fantastic concept um i it would give me the opportunity to go out and be or do these five love languages to various although my job would be kind of a challenge <laughs> if you knew where i worked but I guess that's what it's all about. It is uh, it doesn't matter where it is. It's just practicing. So all right, let me so oh and one more quick question. After you do five, okay, so if I roll the die and I get service today and I roll the die tomorrow, I get touch. And then the next day I roll it and I get touch again. Do I repeat it? Another day of touch? Well, think of, think of, go through your, um, in your mind what your day looks like. And if, if you did the same exact things every single day, then it might be a wash, rinse, repeat type of situation. But most people, every single day is unique to them. Like today is very unique, Andrew, because I'm having this podcast with you tomorrow will be different. It's like that. So it doesn't matter if you roll the same thing in a couple of days. In fact, just a funny story. My son um, really had a hard time with the gift, the gift icon on the die. And he rolled the, the, uh, the gift icon. He just put it down and said, I'm not doing that today. He rolled it again. It was gifts again. Wow. He rolled it again. It was gifts again. He rolled it again. The fourth time, it was gifts. And he said, oh. And he just threw his hands up. And he decided, well, I guess I'm doing gifts today. And it's kind of like, it kind of becomes, Andrew, a divining tool that you're going to be placed in different opportunities every single day. Every day, it's going to be different. And in those opportunities, you're going to see different opportunities for physical touch. Or you're going to see different opportunities for service yeah. or any of the love languages. And you're going to see that but you're always watching for it. You're always watching what, well, is this the person? Or or can I just be kind to this person? Just whatever it is, be kind. And some at some point in time, somebody's going to have a death in their family. They're going to want a hug. They're going to want that physical touch. And you'll be able to administer that. And you don't have to 
get say, well, I rolled touch. I rolled words today. I can't touch them. <laughs> right. Heaven forbid, you're not going to do that, but you're going to have a specific, um, kind of a specific theme for the day. And that theme, you can follow the theme. You, you'll be able to deviate. Once you get to know all the love languages, you'll be able to deviate and, and then come back to the theme. But you want to stay on, on task, stay, stay in that lane, stay on the theme to be able to learn all the love languages. And how how long do we do this? A week, a month, you know, you just keep doing it every day? Well, in my pocket, I, I got this copyright in 2017. So in my pocket, I have the original die I started rolling. And you can see, you can barely see the icons on, on it. They're all a little bit scratched up. I still can see it, though, and I, I roll it every single day. So what I found, Andrew, is that after I developed a habit, when you develop a good habit, why would you ever give it up? Right. Why would you give that good habit up? So I would suggest that you keep rolling it. It takes two seconds. It's not going to take a huge amount of time. Everybody that I know, Andrew, when they're making an investment, they like making a very tiny investment and getting a huge return. I don't know anybody that doesn't like it any other way. Or I don't know anybody that likes losing money on an investment. This is one of those investments. Two seconds in the morning to roll the die. Oh it's yeah, a, it's a it's a picture on there, and it's it's a picture for a very specific purpose. Instead of words, if I say the word elephant, you, you're seeing the animal in your mind. You're not seeing e l e p h n t in your mind. So you're seeing the picture. It becomes a memory hook for you. You'll remember that picture throughout the day. What did I roll this morning? Oh, I rolled, I rolled words today is what, what I rolled. So I remember that picture in my mind all day long that I'm working on the words. Okay. All right. So it's a ongoing process and it's, it's a, there's no perfect way of doing it. It's just a practice every single day. Okay. So here comes another segue. So I'm single, but I am somewhat actively dating uh, i'm on some dating apps and i did go on a date this past weekend so if i got this die and i started doing this every single day it, it it's going to help me on a date it's going to help me talking to a potential match that i might meet online it's going to help me uh i guess be a better person overall absolutely Okay. So, so it's designed to cleanse within. And that's how, that's how I spelled it too. Um, uh, instead of uh, uh, the word R-O-L-L, roll, to roll the die is outside of you. But I, and, and that's, it's kind of a play on words that I did because we have a die and we're rolling the die, but the change and the, and the book is called roll of love, R-O-L-E. It's the change within. So once we're once we're changed within, we're better dating material, Andrew. We're better qualified to express love. We're better qualified to see it when it comes our way. Maybe they don't know what your love language is, but when they when you see it coming your way, because you know after 30 days you'll know all five love languages to give it away, it gives you that peripheral vision to see it when it's coming your way and you can respond appropriately to that. Most people can only see their primary love language, though. 
And that's kind of what Dr. Chapman has set up. They want to send it out and and they and it hopes that they'll get their primary love language back. They'll they're wanting for recipro reciprocity. And it sounds more, Andrew, like a transaction. That's not love. A transaction yeah. is not love. Right. It's sending it out without any any expectation that it's coming back, knowing that eventually it will. It will come back. Okay. I am. Let's just go into hypothetical world here. Let's say I'm dating somebody and I go on a second date and a third date. And even though I may not be looking to get into a relationship, but I'm dating somebody for a month. How do, how does one. So I'm practicing this die and I'm practicing the love languages and I'm becoming I understand what they are and I'm, I'm literally I'm going out and touching people and giving them gifts and, and service. How do I find out what my partner or my date, what their love language is? Do you just come out? Because a lot of people may know about the concept. Some don't. Some may roll their eyes. That's How really... do you apply that to dating? Yeah, that's a really good question, Andrew. In fact, you know, some people will go back to the 1992 book of, of Dr. Chapman's uh, Five Love Languages and take the survey, and they'll determine it that way. But I think that there's a better way. And the better way that I found is that you watch, if you're dating them for a month, you've gone through several of the love languages during that time period, and maybe they're the recipient of all, several of those love languages. You're just using your um, observation skills watching when they light up. That's how you detect what their love primary love language would be. You make a mental note, say, oh, they like that, then wash, rinse, repeat. Do it over and over again. That's what they like. And just keep, keep track of that in your mind. It's, or you could write it down if you need to, needed to, but just keep track of it in your mind. If you do it authentically like that, you'll be you'll come across more genuine that I know what you like. I'm gonna just I'm gonna deliver this and let's watch you light up. Because you'll take great joy in watching them light up. You'll take great joy in watching them have a better day. You'll take great joy in making their day. And you'll have a lot of those experiences. That's your payday right there. That's your their prepayment of what else is coming back after you send it out. Okay, so I'm gonna give you a scenario. I am sitting at uh, let's just say last weekend, I took a woman down to the boardwalk. We had um, something to eat and we were sitting at a picnic table. And I've heard this throughout the years that some people, men and women, during a date will often reach out and touch the other person in the conversation, right? They'll, they'll put their hand on their arm or they'll put their, they'll touch them in some way. So, what does that tell me? That their love language is touch? It could tell you that if you light up or if that if that's what they do, that's and that's what they're sending out. It could be the same thing that maybe you're sending out things that are out of your box too, that might not be your own primary love language. I would not take it as a transaction though. I would not take it that way that if they're sending it out, they, maybe they want that back. It's possible. But that sounds too transactional to me. I would say I would 
I would you could reciprocate and and just say and tap their tap their hand and just uh acknowledge their touch or you could put your hand on their face or or just touch their hair you can do something like that in reciprocation just to watch their own reaction their reaction yeah yeah watch their reaction and if they light up when when you do that to them you bingo you found it and just you can wash rinse repeat just do it over and over okay um all right i th those are the questions that i wrote down um I, I i do believe in the love languages and i have taken that survey and i have done it and although it, it was written many years ago and it's been many years since i've tried to apply that to my love life and my or even my daily life um I, I would like to go on to a second part of something that we talked about earlier, uh, sure. but I want to see if there's anything else you want to talk about. We're, we're going to go on to your destination dating. I want you to tell us some of your stories about that. But before we move on to that, anything else you want to say about the love languages and, and the die? Well, probably just one more thing. You, you're familiar, Andrew, possibly with the word nirvana yeah. or maybe even karma. Those, oh, are, yeah. those are those are actually words that are Sanskrit uh, dialect in northern India. They and there's another one other word that I want to introduce today that's very similar to what we're trying to accomplish with this die, and it's called Namaste. Yeah. Namaste, where they put the hands together, the mm -hmm. fingers pointing up, the thumb on the on the breast, and and they bow their head and they say Namaste. They bow their head, close their eyes, and say Namaste. So that's kind of what happens at the end of a yoga class. Right. It's not just a not just a yoga thing though. It's really a very reverent thing that happens in in Southeast Asia, and something that that is a, a very uh, sacred to them. And it means what it means literally is that the God in me sees the God in you, or the divine in me sees the divine in you. So when you're watching, you're rolling the die, and you're watching for what's good about that person. You're watching for that divine, and then you're talking about it, or you're expressing it in some way, helping them understand the divine in them. When we can do that, Andrew, we're going to have a lot more peaceful circumstances in our nation and in the world just by doing that, watching for the divine in others. It has to do with rolling the die as well, and and it's it's the same concept, just, just in a different country, different words. Namaste. Okay. I I would imagine that you're selling this die. That's why you're on that. Okay, so we'll get to at the very end of, of the episode, you'll tell us where where one can go and buy this uh, because I think I, I think I need to buy one. Um we we have about maybe 10 minutes left, give or take. Uh to my audience. Paul had in his profile, and we talked about this before, that he has some stories about destination dating. And I'm interested in that because on the dating apps today, and, and in particularly this one dating app that has a minimum radius. So you can't set the radius of what your your filter of who you would. So I, I personally would like to find somebody locally, 10 miles away, maybe 15, the max. But there's one dating app that I'm on that 
is the minimum that you can set is 50. And then it goes up from there. So some of my matches, so me living in New York, I get matches in Pennsylvania. I get, I get them up in, in Massachusetts sometimes. And I instinctively just say no, because I am not going to drive to Massachusetts. It's a five hour drive. And that's just, and, and I'm ultimately looking for a relationship. And I don't think that I'm whatever you get the idea. You, however, went on some de many destination dates. Tell us the audience a little bit about that, because I think I found that fascinating. Well, Andrew, Andrew I think you're a lot smarter than I was at the time I was doing this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. and, I, and I compliment you on that. But but I thought it would just be fun to actually draw the circle a lot wider. And it, so I, I think I had the whole United States or something. Um, and I, I just was living in Charleston, South Carolina at the time. And I went down to Daytona Beach for a date. I went to Jacksonville, Florida for a date. Columbus uh, or Columbia, South Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Nashville, Kansas City. Some some of these I flew, some of them I, I drove, and then New York City for a date. The one in New York City actually was a, a lady that was flying from Phoenix to New York City, knowing that I was going to be in New York City. And we the date we had was was dinner and then went to a Broadway show. It was a, a very expensive date. New York City, Manhattan is not cheap. No. <laughs> oh. you, know, you know that, Andrew. Uh -huh. Very, very fun times. And then the, some of the other places, I went to Las Vegas and Phoenix and Salt Lake City and Snowflake, Arizona and Cabo San Lucas. Those are not, not cheap places to go. So over a period of year and a half of just flying around and doing these destination dates, I found nothing. Really, I found nothing. I thought I had a, a, a good one on, on the line, and I moved over to F the Phoenix area where this lady that met me in New York City was from, and, and it just didn't work out. So what I what I conclude from this, Andrew, is that you know you can look for love, but you might be looking in all the wrong places. Mm. And there's a, there's a story about these people that were moving a piano, and they had to move it quite a ways, and they didn't have any, any regular movers. So they had about 12 men that surrounded the piano and everybody was lifting one at a time and then and trying to, to move around and, and just manage that. And then one person spoke up and he said, stand where you're at and lift where you stand. And when, when they all had that same instruction, they were able to move the piano. This is, the love is, is kind of like that for me. Love where you're at. And love, just just be find love where you're at. There's there's a lot of people with great personalities, a lot of people with that are attractive, a lot of people in every area that I've ever been that could be candidates for needing love or wanting love or wanting a companionship. And they're all over the place. But just I would suggest that from my destination experience. Again, back to the what we started from, hone your skills. Hone your own skills yourself of how can you love? How can you be more loving and be more a better prospect for that person that, uh, that you want to meet? Now, I've heard it put this way, Andrew, and I think it's very true that we, if, if we increase our, our ability to love, we're, we're actually preparing ourselves for someone on that same level. 
And so wouldn't we want to increase our, our level so that we have a higher level and a, a higher plane of loving on that level with another person? And I think that that's kind of what we're looking for. It's what everybody that's single is looking for. Most people that I know that are even looking, uh, there are some people that are single. I talked to one the other day and she had uh, been widowed a couple of years ago and thought, I mean, she's still very attractive, still very eligible, but she said, no, he told me before he died that he did not want me looking. And and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that mean guy. Yeah, he, it was that. That's something mean because she actually needs the companionship. She would definitely want that companionship. And she's very attractive. She could get that companionship. And then it just kind of cheats other other people out of, of having that opportunity to, to get to know her well, as well. So I just love where you're at and, and um, improve your own skills at loving. And those are biggest piece of advice I could give you today. Okay. Uh, two more questions and then we'll wrap it up. And you'll tell us all about where we can find this die and, and where we can find you online. The first question might be a little personal. And if you, if it's inappropriate to ask or you don't want to answer, that's fine. But I'm curious. So you fly or drive to North Carolina or or Jacksonville, Florida, or Arizona, or New York City for a date. Now, obviously, you're not going to drive home the same date or fly home. So you stay the night, obviously, I'm guessing. Were any of these dates, were they, were they strictly dates or did you, I think what I'm asking is, did you end up with the woman that night? No, it was all separate hotel rooms. Oh, I mean, okay. All right. Yeah, I just kept it separate that way. That's, um, and, and that was part of the policy. You know, when I was doing the interviewing and, and talking with the, the with the woman that I was going to date, I just made sure that all all those things before the date ever happened, all those things were laid out. That this, then, is, this is more of a get to know you type thing. Okay. Um so and and this is something new I'm I'm starting with my guests. So the the name of my podcast is a- Anonymous Andrew Life and the Choices We Make. Um I'm going to ask you what it's a two it's a two you could choose. It's a multiple choice. What was the hardest choice you've ever had to make or what was the easiest choice you ever had to make? I think that the the probably the easiest choice for me to make was was to find a way to get rid of anger find a way get on that path of discovery uh, to find a way to to let go of that type of culture i wanted i wanted a culture that had the love languages i wanted a culture with soft humor that was funny but it didn't didn't really tear anybody down I wanted a culture that people were kind to each other. I wanted that type of culture. So I had a, a, a huge learning curve. I'm I'm on the naughty end of a stick, and I want to be on the nice end of a stick. That whole spectrum, what, what was the hardest for me is to recognize how do I get over there? That's the very most difficult thing. What I recognized is when, when I went into my sister-in-law and brought that woman with me, I recognized I still... And my family had the stigma of still being on that naughty side of the stick. And once I knew where I was at, it's I had three choices. I could stay there. I could blame everybody else 
for my problems because if it's that blame thing, if I can blame someone, I don't have to change. It's their problem. They got to change their problem. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have to do a thing. So I can stay right there on the stick, on the spectrum. I don't have to do a thing. The other, I could go to the left, which would be become more angry, or I could go to the right and become a nice person. At the point of self-actualization, Andrew, is where that's the hardest choice. That is probably the most difficult thing. Which way do you want to go and what are you going to do about it? And just taking those first steps of how am I going to improve myself to be more marketable if you're single? How am I going to improve myself to be even better at loving than than I have ever been before? And that's that. those are difficult choices. It's hard to, uh, at first, it seems like it would be hard to uh, have the consistency of that. But if you, it's, for the two seconds of roll the die every day, it's just a, a very quick, very easy reminder. Oh, that's what I'm working on today. That's how I'm going to love today. And I'm changing my attitude about what's right and what's what what is there is to love about people. Not never going never being annoyed at what people are doing that would annoy me. Never going what's wrong with that person. Never going down that critical path. Um, judge, judgment of them isn't my job anyway. I mean, they're their own judges, really. It's not my job. I I absolutely love the concept, and and if if we could get a die in the hands of every human in the world, maybe the world would be a better place, but I'd, I'd love that. I'd also <laughs> like to win the lotto tomorrow, but you know, some things we can wish for will never happen. So, okay, Paul. Wow. I, I have to be honest. This was a very, very enlightening. And, and, and I really, I think you have a fantastic idea concept going on here. So tell us where we can obtain one of these die. So you only can get it at my website, and that's it's uh, rolloflove.com, R-O-L-E of love.com. Okay. So you can find a book. I also have a journal if you want to keep track of what you rolled, the opportunities you saw, the love in that way, and then what you did about those opportunities. a great opportunity to, to keep yourself accountable by writing it in a journal. Also becomes what I like to call a love legacy journal something that you can pass on to children or grandchildren, Andrew, something that you can pass on. They'll wonder, how did grandpa love? What was there to love in his day? And what did he do about those opportunities that he had? A great, great thing to pass on. Absolutely. I agree. Um, Are you on any, uh, I'll put all this information in the show notes. Are you on Facebook, Instagram, any of the other? Okay. It'll be under Roll of Love Dice on, on all of those platforms. Okay. I'll have you email me all those, and I'll put them all in the show notes. So, Paul, thank you so much for coming on today. I Out of, out of the almost 70, 80 episodes I've done, I think you are the most unique that I've interviewed oh. with a unique concept, and it is, without any doubt, uh, uh, in the beginning of my podcast, I say, we learn to learn how to make better choices so we become better humans. And this is one way of becoming a better human. And I think if we practice the, the love languages every day, you become a better human. So you will. You definitely will. Thank you, Andrew. That's a high, very high compliment. I Thank appreciate you. it. All right. 
Paul, thank you so much for joining me today. And maybe we'll have you back someday. I would like to thank Paul for joining me. Fascinating. It's uh, just amazing what the minds of uh, everybody is just brainstorming and coming up with ideas. Anyway, here comes the begging. Please, if you're enjoying this show, stop and take two minutes. You know what? I leave reviews for podcasts. I do them all week long. It just takes two minutes. I get to work. I'm listening to a podcast. I park. I go down to the bottom. I click write review, especially if you're on Apple. And I just put a little blurb as to how much I enjoyed the episode, if indeed that's what the case is. And I give them five stars. And that's what I would like you to do. If you could take just two minutes and stop and give me a review. And also share this show. There is somebody in your life that can benefit from some of this information. If not my journey alone, the more I podcast, the more I network, the more I talk to other people, the more people that come on my show, I figured, finally figured out that I am not unique. While the circumstances what happened in my breakup are a little unusual, everybody goes through a breakup at some point in their life, even multiple breakups like I have. Just this last one really kicked my ass. So if you know somebody out there who got their ass kicked in a relationship, or listen, we don't have to be negative. If you know somebody who has had a tremendous, beautiful story, love story, that they met somebody online and they want to share it, I would love to let the audience in on it. So please, I am everywhere. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Threads, uh, X, uh, formerly Twitter, and so forth and so on. So please, feel free to reach out to me. And as always, if you're going to make a choice, if you have to make a choice, please choose wisely. Until next time, ciao.